0: All right, so as uh, we do our little meanders through the history of TV, we get these little pockets where we uh, pick like a theme or whatever and stick with that for a little while. So uh, we started with One Step Beyond, which, uh, because you found it on a DVD set, which uh, neither of us had heard of, but it's this show that came out just before The Twilight Zone, and is kind of like a sort of more down-to-earth version of The Twilight Zone, but a really good show. Then we watched The Twilight Zone, so now to finish off the trio, I've got The Outer Limits. So do you have any Outer Limits experience? Did you watch it back when it was on?
1: I didn't watch it, like, regularly, but I saw one or two of the original shows, and then I've seen it in reruns, which is what I was saying about The, the One Step Beyond. I'm surprised that I never saw it in reruns, because apparently it's out there, but it's on specialty channels. But uh, The Outer Limits was has been on oh, many number of times, and the same with The Twilight Zone. But, you know, uh, I put it all in that same boat of they're they're all very similar.
0: Whereas in my case, they remade The Outer Limits in 1995 from 95 to 2002. So that's The Outer Limits that I was more aware of because I was watching a lot of TV at the time. But I don't remember ever actually watching it. It would just be on all the time.
1: I think I saw some of those newer ones, too.
0: Right. I, I didn't I don't think I even really knew it was an old show. It just around that time X Files was big, so I just assumed it was an X Files thing, which maybe is why they revived it. But uh but then I realized what I do know about the Outer Limits is uh like we were saying, it's like the Twilight Zone has endured because it gets reruns and it gets parodied all the time, so it just kind of like ferries it on from generation to generation, where for whatever reason, uh one step beyond never hit that point of Of being referenced where the outer limits did because once again just like with the twilight zone it turns out i know it from the simpsons because of the uh the oscilloscope in the opening and the uh do not adjust your vertical we have taken control of your set the simpsons did that so i'm like oh okay so that's why that's my awareness of the outer limits but functionally i've never i don't think i've ever seen an outer limits i don't really know anything about it and i was a little uh concerned is too strong of a word but when you were looking up stuff last week after we finished the podcast and uh there were you know alien outfits you know if you do a google image search for the outer limits you find a lot of uh rubber alien masks and stuff so i was like is this gonna be one step too far is this gonna be too silly because a uh, one step beyond is a classic really good show twilight zone classic really good show is this gonna be the bad one But uh, from what I did a little research of, it seems like we don't have much to worry about. It's also a very well-regarded show.
1: I also remember when I was looking at some of the photography uh, photos from from the original Outer Limits, I commented that it was very reminiscent of Star Trek. Right. Like the, the aliens in Star Trek looked like the TV show, the original. It looks like they actually took the imagery from the Outer Limits... Um, which would have been before Star Trek, and copied a lot of
0: it. Well, funny you should mention that, because you're, uh, you're pretty much bang on. So let me just read you my uh, my summary, my uh, quick Coles notes of The Outer Limits. So it was broadcast on ABC starting in 1963, so it was after, I think at this point, One Step Beyond had finished, and Twilight Zone was mid-run. It uh, ran for two seasons for 49 episodes often compared to The Twilight Zone though with a greater emphasis on science fiction stories so where One Step Beyond was like sort psychological of
1: psychological human things
0: yeah, yeah. like yeah. fantastical but believable yeah. hard to hard to describe <laughs> kind of see last week's episode but
1: but, but, but dealing with the human race yeah. not not with with the aliens or
0: and then The what Twilight Zone it was kind of uh, just a roll of the dice it was about a lot of weird different stuff and then this show apparently was yeah more science fiction-y and uh it had I didn't write down their names but there were a bunch of award-winning writers and cinematographers who worked on this show who uh, weren't necessarily famous at the time but later went on to become you know uh award-winning people in Hollywood so uh, it it had a good crew and the show was popular but in season 2 it was airing against Jackie Gleason and it just didn't didn't make it couldn't survive <laughs> yeah because you'd think the audiences... Yeah, because
1: they're not even really the same show type of show at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, you'd think the audiences would be pretty split. And I mean, maybe nowadays, yeah, it'd just be the sci-fi nerds would watch Outer Limits and everyone else would watch Jackie Gleason. But back then, I guess there just weren't that many TV shows. And it's like, sorry, sorry, Outer Limits, I can't not watch Jackie Gleason. So, so that's why, even though it was well regarded, it uh, only lasted two seasons. And Stephen King called The Outer Limits the best program of its type ever to run on network TV. So we know his vote for which one of these yeah. three was his favorite. And a few of the monsters from The Outer Limits reappeared on Star Trek. They literally did use the same, same outfits or whatever. So you're not wrong about that. As well as they developed a process making The Outer Limits to make pointy ears, which they also used. They just took it and put it on Spock. So the connection is actually well, very isn't direct.
1: that interesting?
0: Yeah. And despite hmm. the fact that uh, William Shatner was uh, in the Twilight Zone with the gremlin. <laughs> the gremlin on the wing. True. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the two shows are pretty much directly linked. Uh, so really the only, so yeah, reading this stuff, I'm like, okay, it was well regarded. A lot of people, famous ass people worked on it. Everything seems great about The Outer Limits. The only thing that uh, seems like it could be a downside is it's an hour long. And that was one of the things that we really noticed made those other shows work is that they're A half hour.
1: And they crammed them full of stuff in one half hour.
0: Yeah, whereas even with The Twilight Zone, uh, there was one season, season four, they extended it to an hour, and it wasn't working. So they put it back to half an hour?
1: if, when people chose between The Outer Limits and Jackie Gleason, I think Jackie Gleason was only a half hour, too.
0: Oh, surely, yeah.
1: So maybe...
0: You watch Jackie Gleason, and then you don't want to watch the second half. Yeah, you don't want
1: to pick up The Outer Limits halfway through. And maybe you can't maybe you can't get enough information in watching the last half to know what happened in the first half. That could have been part of it. People saying, well, you know, I watch half an hour of Jackie Gleason, then maybe I can watch whatever's on after that one half hour, too. So I'm getting two for the price of one. And maybe they felt an hour of The Outer Limits was just too much time to devote to.
0: Yeah, Ironically, I mean, this would be a a weird thing to do from an artistic standpoint, but maybe they would have been better off. Like, let's cut this show down to half an hour and put it on after Jackie Gleason. But I got to admit, I can see that because, yeah, sometimes you just want a nice light show. Even now, right now, as we're about to watch it, I wish it was half an hour. I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be an hour. I mean, hopefully it'll be good, but... That it is quite an investment. An hour is a lot longer than half an hour, <laughs> you yeah. know, like from a TV standpoint, because a lot of times there's still only half an hour worth of content. And that's part of what made One Step Beyond and Twilight Zone so fun to watch is they cram so much stuff in there. Your, yeah. your head's still spinning and it's over. You don't have time to get bored of it. So we'll see. So we're watching uh, Outer Limits Season 1, Episode 1. I figure why not just start at the start, because that's what we did with uh, One Step Beyond. So that's what we got for this week.
1: All right, let's go for it. All right.
0: So I think it's safe to say season one, episode one of The Outer Limits had a lot of problems.
1: (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. I'm amazed that it lasted for two years.
0: First off, yeah, it's just too long. Pacing very slow. But I mean, I got even right away that that opening, we have taken control of your set. The sense I got was like a little bit, I don't know what the word is, like bossy. Just a weird... I got a weird tone from it. Like, don't you try to mess with your set. We're in control. Yeah,
1: like...
0: And that just got worse and worse by the end of that. That plot was extremely contrived and pretentious. (laughs) Like, even for 1963, that was... Like, because I've seen old 50s movies. They could have
1: edited that into... One half hour and it would have been so much better.
0: It would have been better paced, but I still would have not liked it because the whole plot is just very contrived of like this guy at this radio station is uh, he's contacting other worlds and everything's OK. He's talking to an alien and that gets out of control right away where he's like, do you have death? Do you have war? All this stuff that maybe in a novel you'd get to it, but it's like you're kind of jumping straight to fucking home base here with these, like, you know, global giant topics. And uh, and then it's like, I got to go, but don't worry, just as long as we keep the power at this level. So, of course, the guy working at the station turns up the power, fucks everything up, and it's like uh, it's like gremlins or something. Don't feed them after midnight. Like, it's just a nonsense clause that just don't do it, and then, of course, someone does it, which is just... Poor writing, because there's no sense...
1: But it sense also dragged, like, that's why I'm saying in half an hour they could have tightened that up so right. much, and, and accomplished the same thing.
0: But, but here's what I'm saying, is like, I agree, but this wasn't worth accomplishing, because then by the end, he turns out the power, the alien somehow teleports to our world, and he's just space Jesus, he's just, you must not use <laughs> violence, you must live in peace with the people of the world, and it's, like, annoying like why are you preaching to me outer limits you think i don't know this you think everyone doesn't already know this like no one is gonna have the scales fall from their eyes from this piece of shit show <laughs> with this really bad special effects like oh the space guy is right space jesus yeah. is right First they
1: want to kill him and then and then they're peacefully going on going their own ways despite the fact that this guy is still there
0: yeah And at least, like, when later in, like, the 80s, I mean, you know, you got, like, E.T., you know, E.T. teaches us that we should be kind to gross, weird-looking aliens and stuff, you know, but at least he's not directly, preachily saying, like, you are bad, you are bad warmongers, and the universe is huge, and you should expand your mind, like, it's really just... Just bad writing. I hate that kind of writing. I fucking hate that kind of shit where you just like, here's my, not only my philosophy, but my philosophy is just pablum. It's just shit. And here it is. So you better listen. And combining that with, they literally say that at the start. We've taken control. You sit there and listen. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? I didn't like that at all.
1: I, I'm very surprised that it survived two years. Because usually the first show is really good because they're selling that product to you and they want to catch you to keep you as a viewer but uh, if i had seen that years i wouldn't i i I don't think i would watch. i (laughs) would switch over to jackie gleason exactly
0: right (laughs) however so despite the fact that i just shit on that so hard uh i think we maybe just got unlucky because i didn't i didn't look up what's a good episode i just picked the first one because that went so well with uh with one step beyond but there is an episode I'm really interested in so if you're willing to sure. stay in out of worlds let's, world
1: let's uh, let's give it another try because I'm I was surprised at how how poorly done that was
0: yeah because even yeah, and also special effects wise that's why I was saying even by 1963 standards it was contrived because it's just like all those 50s monster movies where they superimpose a Lobster or something over the screen yeah. to make it a space lobster, <laughs> and feel like it yeah. looks really bad. You know,
1: actually, when you say the, about the, those chintzy '50s alien space movies, that was that was a perfect example of those.
0: Yeah, that might have been kind of advanced for TV, but yeah, for yes. movies, they'd been doing that already for ages. Yeah. So this other episode, this is season two, episode one, and what's interesting about this is uh, you know the Terminator, the James Cameron right. movie from 1984. And then the sequel came out in the 90s. Some of the best sci-fi action movies ever made. And the basic idea of the Terminator is a guy comes back from the future because he the, the future has been ravaged by machines. The machines have nuked the world and they've almost killed all the humans. So they send this guy back in time because he... Uh, it's, oh, that's right. The Terminators sent a robot back in time to kill the leader of the humans. They're like, if we can kill him when he's a kid or kill his mom... We don't have to. We're going to win this war. So the humans send back a guy, and it's the guy from the future fighting the robot from the future, but in the present. And one of the best movies of all time, The Terminator, is a classic. But apparently, uh, Harlan Ellison wrote an episode of The Outer Limits that is so close to that that he sued James Cameron. So let's watch that because The Terminator is amazing. So if there's ever going to be an episode of The Outer Limits that's good, it'll be this one. So this is season two, episode one. It's called Soldier. And it can't be worse, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, round two with the Outer Limits. Let's give this a try. Do not adjust your set, have blah, blah, blah.
1: Answers lie in the future. Is it a future in which men are machines born to kill? Or is there time for us? Time. All the time in the world. But is that enough? We now return control of your television set to you. Until next week at this same time.
0: So definitely that that episode was a lot better, but uh, I mean if we had to give the you know the you know that Olympic podium with the gold, silver, and fucking bronze, this show is definitely the bronze of of One Step Beyond, Twilight Zone, and Outer Limits. I think Outer Limits to me is much worse than the other two it, shows. Yeah, it's,
1: it's not the same caliber. Yeah. But this one was was not bad. But again, cut that down to half an hour, you could have had probably a pretty good show.
0: Yeah, this one. Went to some ludicrous places. So uh, first off, yeah, that idea that uh, Harlan Ellison sued James James Cameron about the Terminator. I would have taken him to court. I would have fought for sure, because this is not like the Terminator. Like these guys, the Terminator was like, you know, 50 years in the future, robots nuked the world and took it over. This is 1800 years in the future. Humans are just fighting each other for no particular reason. And then that guy gets teleported back and like I was saying to you while we were watching it it reminded me way more of Encino Man which is just a silly comedy where a, a caveman thaws out and they have to take him home because that's what this felt like like they're talking to him they determine he's from the future they figure out that his way of talking is a little weird but they're starting to figure it out but he knows nothing but war so what I will do is take him home with me where my wife and my two little kids live and with no guards or anything and it's like like that's you ever heard the term uh, jumping the shark? It was coined because of Happy Days, where there was an episode of Happy Days where the fawns uh, water skis oh, and jumps yeah, over yeah, some yeah, sharks. Yeah. So now people use it to mean like when something so dumb happens that you're just out. You're mm-hmm. like, the fawns did not jump over sharks. That's stupid. So when they take the, the crazed war maniac from the future back to the pastoral home with no guards at all, that the show jumped the shark for me. I, after that, like I'm just out. I'm just like, yeah. well, this is still entertaining, but I this is uh, r- yeah, silly. Yeah,
1: it's beyond the realm of belief. It's the same thing like when you watch a a horror movie and th- the person knows that the maniac killer is on the loose and goes down to the basement
0: anyway. Yeah.
1: Or goes into the room.
0: Or let's all split up. And it's like, <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, that kind of stuff. And you're like, nobody would do that. You, you just wouldn't. You'd you'd run in the other direction. You wouldn't go in and check all that stuff out. And when I see those kind of movies and I see that, I say, oh, for God's sake. Like, I'm sorry. I can't buy that. And then it ruins the rest of the movie.
0: And, yeah, like an hour is just, it's just not a good length for this type of thing. Because, yeah, like if this had been half an hour, it would have been smaller. It would have just been them at the facility trying to communicate with them. And it wouldn't have gone beyond that. But since they had that extra half hour, they bring him home where if they had a movie maybe you know like uh, there's this movie called enemy mine that that's what the whole movie's about is it's just uh, a future soldier stranded on a planet with an alien and throughout the entire movie they learn to communicate and be friends because they have a whole movie where this is yeah like in the middle they took it to uh they took the story too far but they didn't have time to pay off where it went anyway at the end Another soldier who had teleported back shows up, and while they're fighting, it teleports to the future again. Yeah. And then, I don't know There it's you it's go. Great, but <laughs> so it's like a lot of neat concepts, but nothing is really has is nothing's fleshed out. But in really. a
1: comparison, uh, there's no. It's not as good yeah. as
0: those other two. And yeah, again, like I was saying, how uh, what I liked the most about One Step Beyond is how down to earth it is relative to the Twilight Zone, where this is the other way. Let's throw some alien masks on people. Let's have some weird future... It was funny, even his his future suit, you know, that he's, uh, you know, grown, basically grown in a lab, grew up in a barracks, built for war, but his future suit is literally just uh, a weird-looking helmet with these, like, 1960s, those big headphones that, right. you know, fit over your whole yeah. ear.
1: And, and and the breastplate is very medieval. Right,
0: but it's just funny that it's not like... Uh, you know, like a chip in his brain, or it's not just that they've subconsciously taught him these things. It's literally just big 1960s headphones that say "kill, kill, find the enemy, kill." Like, sorry, Harlan, but that's not clever. <laughs> you know, it's not. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad we watched another episode because that second one was a lot better. But, but you know, like I've got my little as we go through different shows. You know, I put things like in my in my little docket of like, oh, if I ever stumble across an opportunity to watch more One Step Beyond or watch more Waltons or watch more Jack Benny or even uh, like Leave it to Beaver, these shows that I'm like, oh, those are surprisingly good. Like I would happily watch more. And this doesn't even come close. That's more than enough outer limits for a lifetime.
1: Yeah. I don't remember having watched, but I didn't watch a whole lot of them. But what I did watch, I don't remember like thinking, oh, my God, is this is never going to get over. But that's what I was thinking today. Oh, my Lord, this thing is long. And maybe it is because we did watch those other shows earlier, which were so concise, so well written, so compact into one half hour. And yet this these dragged. Yeah, dragged terribly. As I said earlier, yeah, if I had to choose between Jackie Gleason and and this, yeah, I'd pick pick Jackie Gleason, too.
0: (laughs) Especially, yeah, like you come home from a hard day of work, you just want to kind of eat your TV dinner and watch TV. I mean, uh, the second episode we watched was not as preachy as the first one, but it's still kind of like trying to act like it's smarter than it is. Like, let's throw a bunch of heady concepts at you. Like he's showing the future soldier a baby with its mom, and he's like, this represents love, you know, like, it's just like, I don't know. I just get, it felt like it's like, uh, what a 12 year old science fiction nerd thinks is like, like wrote a story for school. And he's like, let, I'm going to tell everyone how smart I am. (laughs) It's just like, shut up. (laughs) That's really the feeling I get from the outer limits. So yeah, definitely my least favorite of, uh, of those. Cause again, yeah, it's like one step beyond is the good show. Twilight zones, the fun show. What the hell is The Outer Limits? If it's not fun and it's not good, what the hell is it?